0: Good morning, it's Monday the 11th of December and this is Jayati Raj coming to you from Mumbai, India's financial capital, still looking for the first signs of winter, which of course, as we've acknowledged, may never come. However, you can join this podcast at 6am winter or summer weekdays in New Delhi, 8.30am in Singapore and 7.30pm in New York. Our top stories and themes for the day foreign portfolio investors bring in about 25,000 crore rupees in just six trading sessions as the trend reverses. The government should not dilute Make in India policy, says industry body Fiki's EV committee head. With just 16 million Indians traveling overseas, the growth opportunity for international travel is huge, says research body Kappa. Record visas for Indians to the United States, but immigrants are leaving Canada on high costs and Australia triples fees for foreign investors buying existing homes. World's richest families are $1.5 trillion richer in 2023. And the era of expensive and overpriced Rolexes is over for now.
1: This is a core report with Govindraj Etiraj.
0: Setting the stage for markets and energy. As we try and set the stage for the week ahead, a quick look back at last week. On Friday, the Reserve Bank of India left interest rates unchanged at 6.5% and quite ambitiously raised GDP forecasts for the year to 7%, a figure that's a little higher than what most economists are predicting or projecting. The NSE Nifty 50 resumed past the 21,000 mark to hit a high of 21,006 before closing at 20,969 or a gain of 68 points. The BSE Sensex hit a new all time high at 69,894, closed 304 points at 69,825. So the two numbers that you should watch the BSE Sensex is poised to touch 70,000 and the NSE Nifty has already crossed 21,000. So the foreign portfolio investors who were waiting it out since September and had begun investing in bits and pieces and driblets in October and November now seem to have returned in greater force as 2023 comes to an end. They've invested about 26,505 crores in the markets in just six trading sessions of this month on the bet that the next year's elections will bring back the Bharatiya Janata party in a comfortable majority and thus ensure the continuity they seek. Elsewhere in the world, U.S. Federal Reserve has signaled that rate cuts could be coming down from the first quarter of next year, which means the days of high interest rates could end or may end. Which also means that capital will once again go further away, that's geographically too, to seek higher returns and be willing to be exposed to greater risk. At COP28, countries struggle to find language to phase out oil, gas and coal. And now our energy segment, supported by the India Energy Week. A coalition of more than 80 countries, including the United States, the European Union, and even small island nations, were pushing for a deal in Dubai at COP28 that includes language to phase out oil, gas, and coal, but were coming up against tough opposition led by the oil producer group, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, and its allies, according to Reuters. OPEC actually issued a letter to its members and backers on December 6th Wednesday asking them to oppose any language targeting fossil fuels in a COP28 deal. And negotiators told Reuters that those delegations appear to be heeding that call. So what then is going on, you might ask? Well, OPEC's largest producer and ringleader Saudi Arabia, along with Russia and others, say that COP28 should focus on reducing emissions, not on targeting the fuel sources that cause them. Not surprising, of course. Interestingly, China's top climate envoy, Xi Zenhua said on Saturday that a COP28 deal can only be considered a success if it includes an agreement on fossil fuels. Reuters also quoted him saying that COP28 was the hardest climate summit of his career. The next draft is likely today. And by the way, the COP28 conference in Dubai ends tomorrow. COP28 has also produced several commitments from countries to hit targets like tripling renewable energy and nuclear power and pulling back on coal and curbing emissions of the most powerful greenhouse gas, methane. So far, 130 countries have agreed to triple renewables and double the rate of energy efficiency improvements, while 50 oil and gas companies have agreed to cut out methane emissions and eliminate routine flaring by 2030 under the Oil and Gas decarbonization Charter. The International Energy Agency, IEA, said on Sunday that these pledges, if honoured would lower global energy-related greenhouse gas emissions by 4 billion metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent in 2030. Meanwhile, oil prices rose somewhat, though both crude benchmarks fell for a seventh straight week, posting their longest streak of weekly declines in half a decade, thanks to lingering oversupply concerns. Brent crude futures are just under $76 a barrel, and for the week, both benchmarks, that includes West Texas Intermediate, lost close to 4% after hitting their lowest since late June on Thursday, a sign that many traders believe that the market is oversupplied, according to Reuters. But the clincher is, and the interesting part, is what lies ahead, which is a warmer winter from all early signs. Temperatures in many parts of the northern hemisphere are much higher than what they usually are at this time. The reason, of course, is in general climate change and El Nino specifically, which is a warming of the tropical Pacific Ocean. The World Meteorological Organization, by the way, has already declared 2023 the hottest on record. So what, you might ask? Well, the heat is expected to suppress energy demand and energy, therefore, prices. Prices for natural gas and heating oil are already slipping on projections that the weather could be warmer or not freezing cold. Remember, we're still talking about the Northern Hemisphere. All this means that energy prices could remain low and contribute to existing projections of lower demand in the Western Hemisphere which also means that oil prices back home right here could come down further, which means, for example, that airfares could come down further, as some early signs and reports seem to be suggesting. More on airfares and aviation shortly. The CORES Energy segment was supported by the India Energy Week to be held from February 6th in Goa, that's in 2024. Log on to www.IndiaEnergyWeek.com for more details the aviation opportunity for international travel. The numbers might surprise you. Only around 16 million Indians are flying internationally to and fro from India. While total traffic for international is about 70 million projected for this year, that obviously includes overseas visitors and those of course who fly multiple times. Which means the size of the opportunity to build international is larger than what we perhaps think of or know. Kapil call CEO of aviation research and consulting body Kappa, told me, We obviously need more capacity, but also the ease of travel. Quite simply put, as Travel Agents Association of India President Jyoti Mayal told me in a conversation a few weeks ago, we have to encourage outbound travel, including in this region, which is the South Asian, Southeast Asian region, if we want people to visit India. Indians are the best ambassadors, she summed up. Back on air travel from India, I reached out to Kapil call of course, and asked him, as we were ending 2023 and entering a new year, 2024, where India stood on per capita international travel and what were the opportunities ahead?
1: I think because international travel, though even we have grown 4.2x over the last 15 years, but it's still limited to very, very few people. The addressable market for international compared to our population is almost minuscule. Out of that international market is people who come from overseas both for business or leisure or inbound, extra, extra, extra. The actual Indians that travel outside are just about 15, 16 million people. Departures from India about 15, 16 million people. So the potential is pretty large and which will grow for decades. But right now, it's limited to very few. And as our per capita improves and GDP improves, I think we see that number going up and up. But broadly, it's a very limited set of people right and those limited set of people may be traveling, like people like you may be going for application and business. So some are doing five trips, six trips, eight trips. So the number of individuals who travel are very limited.
0: That's interesting. So you're saying out of 70 million, let's say for this year, roughly 50 to 55 million will be people who are actually not from India.
1: That's right. Or
0: may not be. That's right. But those are
1: counted as travelers from India. Is that right? No, it's the total market from India. But the point of origin for those customers will be out of India from all the international point of sale. So these are originating at different markets, but traveling either to India and going back to their destinations. And you're
0: saying off that 15-16 million, you would further divide it by, let's say, three and to account for people who are obviously traveling multiple times.
1: No, I'm saying Indian departures primarily would be about 15-16. And off that, maybe one person would be traveling three times and so on. Oh, yes, absolutely. The actual market may be a few million, four, three, four million, around four to five million. Actual people are traveling, but people do multiple trips, and that's why we get to this number.
0: Right. The reasons for this I mean, it's obviously, let's say, supply and perhaps demand and availability of capacity. But how would you rank the reasons and the hierarchy?
1: I think, first of all, the propensity to pay and travel for international is very different from traveling domestic, though. In certain times, we find the airfares to short haul destinations, international, lower than the domestic destinations. But the criteria for traveling international is much different. Propensity to pay visas are an issue, particularly if you go in other seas. And the number of people who travel internationally, as I said, are, remains limited, even though they have grown significantly over the last 15 years.
0: Right. And what about capacity? I mean, even if, let's say, a lot of people wanted to travel and Christmas or New Year's or whatever, would we have the capacity in and out of India?
1: Well, I think India has resumed capacity more or less for most of the markets. We are the only market perhaps which reached to pre-COVID capacity quite quickly, whether it's United States, whether it's other markets. There may be one or two markets where we are still around 90, but overall we have reached our capacity quite quickly. And the rebound, both in domestic and international, has been much, much faster. Obviously, there will be pockets in December, during Christmas, where the number of people who want to travel are many, and the seats that are available are limited. And the deterrent of that is the high fares that you would see, both in business class for premium economy or economy, because it's a peak travel. The fares go up, even though the number of people who would want to travel are high, they get limited by multiple factors. One is capacity, fares. Even the hotels that you do see outside during Christmas are very expensive. There would be people who would, in spite of these challenges of high fares and higher hotel rates, would still travel. And that number is growing pretty large in India, yes.
0: Right. And we are constrained by the fact that we don't have more bilaterals right now with airlines who would want to
1: increase capacity in India right now. Yes, I think bilaterals, For we don't have a bilateral challenge with Europeans or North American airlines. We have a bilateral, which is under 5,000. We have saturated most of those bilaterals. Even the Indian carriers want to go there. But the government's decision is that we should give more room for Indian carriers so that they stabilize. And that's the government's decision, and that's the prerogative. And that, though, is not a formal policy. In a formal level, that policy is that Indian carriers need to be protected and given them space, particularly post-COVID, before the bilaterals are opened up. Yes, and if we would allow bilaterals, then I think December you would have much more capacity than what we have currently. But the decision of the government in national interest is to protect the interest of Indian carriers, make them stronger, and that we need to respect.
0: Right. And, I mean, we've got all the Air Indias and Indigos expanding capacity furiously. Same time next year, that's 24. How do you see overall traffic, particularly of Indians, in going international?
1: We are seeing a 50-20% increase in traffic next year, though we will work on the outlook closer to March. But even next year, we're looking at high double digit Only challenge, as I said during our last conversation, is that we still have the supply chain. I would have thought that Indigo would have put more routes on international, more seats on international, expanded the destinations that they plan to do. But the limitations is the number of aircraft that are grounded or could be grounded. We don't know the situation for next fiscal. It's There's a lot of uncertainty around it. But if these supply chain issues are sorted out, I think we'll see internationally an exponential growth in the international side, led by Air India as well as India. Kapil, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you.
0: Do not dilute Make in India. The government should not dilute Make in India initiative and follow a consistent policy Industry body Fiki's EV, that's the Electric Vehicle Committee Chairperson, Sulaja Firotia Motwani said. Now, her comments come amidst reports of a possible slew of concessions for electric car manufacturer Tesla, who wants to export fully built cars to India before starting domestic manufacture a little later, a year or two perhaps. Motwani is the founder and CEO of Kinetic Green, which makes and sells battery operated three wheelers and scooters, among others. Now, The court has reported on this issue earlier, also pointing out that while the Tesla badge is something to surely crave for, it cannot be at the cost of concessions which would put all other manufacturers, domestic and foreign, who've been investing in India and on ground for decades perhaps at a disadvantage. The court has also pointed out that several countries are still wooing Tesla, who of course has limited bandwidth, and I stress on the word bandwidth, followed by capacity to expand manufacturing bases at this time. While a manufacturing base in India is welcome and desirable, the trade-offs, if any, have to be carefully considered. Also, because a Tesla car is unlikely to be a small or budget car or anything below 20 lakhs on the road. All of this is, of course, basis reports that we are seeing or hearing. Sulaja Motwani told news agency PTI that she strongly believes that the make-in-India policies that the government has put in place should not see a reversal because people have now started investing in local manufacturing. If not followed diligently, the manufacturers would again shift to importing components from other countries, including China, she pointed out. On Tesla possibly getting support to enter the market, she said that, I don't know the details about this proposal, but I believe it's linked to a large investment and I still feel personally there should not be confusion and the policy should be consistent. People should know that there is a policy in place and it needs to be followed, she said. It shouldn't be that one day you say that make in India is important and then you say that now duties are reduced. Policy should be long term and consistent. 50,000 buses could hit Indian roads. Speaking about electric vehicles, India wants to get 50,000 electric buses on its streets by 2027, that's in about three years' time, with help from a joint finance mechanism with the United States. The $390 million fund will act as a guarantee for manufacturers seeking loans to expand production, Indian and American officials said at a side event at COP28 in Dubai. India currently has about 12,000 electric buses in operation, Bloomberg reported. The payment security mechanism, established with $150 million from the US government and philanthropic groups and $240 million from the Indian government, is the bedrock of risk management for building out the financial system for electric mobility at scale in India, a government official from India who spirited the deployment of the first e-buses said. Record visas to the United States Speaking about buses, more Indians are getting on the bus to the United States. The US Consulate General in Mumbai celebrated a record-breaking year and reduced visa wait times, it claimed including a special Saturday of visitor visa interviews for about 2,000 applicants, the consulate said. So far, in 2023, the U.S. Mission to India has processed over 1.2 million non-immigrant visas, of which U.S. Consulate General Mumbai processed more than 400,000, an all-time record. Additionally, this summer, the U.S. Mission to India has issued a record number of student visas, almost 90,000, and during the 22-23, academic year, that's the ongoing one, Indian students studying in the United States increased by 35%, hitting an all-time high of over 268,000. While many are on that bus to the United States, others are leaving Canada. In the first six months of 2023, some 42,000 individuals departed Canada, adding to some 93,000 who left in 22 and 85,000 in 21, according to official data. The rate of immigrants leaving Canada has now hit a two-decade high in 2019, according to a recent report from the Institute of Canadian Citizenship, and immigration advocacy group. Now, this is obviously a fraction of the 263 who came to the country over the same period, but a steady rise in immigration is making some observers wary, Bloomberg reported. Meanwhile, Australia, another destination or a favoured destination for Indians, both students and otherwise, is making it more expensive for foreigners to stay by raising fees for foreigners who buy existing houses and will penalise them if they leave their properties vacant, while encouraging people from overseas to purchase new properties to boost housing supply. Foreign investment charges for the purchase of established homes will triple, a government official said on Sunday in Sydney. So penalties for buyers from overseas who leave their properties vacant will double, while application for investment in built to rent projects will be reduced, he said. Foreigners are only able to buy a home in Australia if they live in the country to work or study and are required to sell if they don't become permanent residents. The world's richest families get wealthier in 2023. The richest dynasty in the world is the House of Nahayan, which has joined Bloomberg's annual ranking of family fortunes at the very top. With a $305 billion fortune, the Al-Nayans of Abu Dhabi topped the Waltons of Walmart by a cool $45 billion. And another new entrant, the Al-Thanis, the royal family of Qatar, are now at number 5. As a group, the world's richest families have gotten $1.5 trillion wealthier since the last ranking, and the new tallies from the Middle East weren't only the noteworthy shifts, Bloomberg said. Amongst the biggest gainers, the sixth-generation dynasty behind luxury brand Hermes, who had 56 billion dollars to become the world's third richest Rolexes are getting cheaper speaking about wealth and luxury the biggest ever boom in Swiss luxury watches is coming to an end Bloomberg is reporting a massive demand for timepieces from Audemars Piguet Rolex and others boosted Swiss watch exports record levels almost 29 billion dollars last year but now Watch manufacturers are seeing demand cool in recent months, even as prices in secondary markets have tumbled, and the industry has now begun to accept that things are rapidly downshifting. francois Henry Benamias, the CEO of Audemars Piguet, known for its Royal Oak sports watch and whose timepieces sell in stores for an average of about 50,000 Swiss francs, said that what we saw in 2021 and 2022 was out of the norm. We couldn't even fathom that we would experience in our lives. I believe that we will never see this ever again, he said. For used watches, values have been dropping for more than a year. The Bloomberg Subdial Watch Index, which tracks the 50 most traded models by value, has declined about 42% since its peak in April 2022. Zoom is out of NASDAQ 100. What a fitting or not-so-fitting finale, I'm sure, for Zoom, whose name is now a verb or noun for non-in-person communication or video calling, which hit an all-time high, as we all know, during the pandemic. And some, of course, hope that that would be the new normal, wherein people move from bedroom to living room and back every day. To come to the point, Zoom video communications, the stock, will be removed as part of the annual makeover of the tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 index. Other companies leaving, including eBay and JD.com, while those joining include DoorDash, the delivery guys, Splunk Inc. and MongoDB Inc. These changes will be effective prior to market open on Monday, that's December 18th, Bloomberg reported. The Nasdaq 100 comprises the largest non-financial companies listed on that exchange. Of course, there could be many reasons for Zoom being eased out of the index, but since eBay is also part of that farewell list, I guess you could make your own educated guesses. On that note, that's it from me for today. That's Monday. See you tomorrow, same time. Have a great week ahead. That was The Core Report with me, Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at The Core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter for our exclusive stories, one in-depth feature a day on www.thecore.in. Do also track us on LinkedIn where we usually post synopsis or extracts of our top stories and interviews. We would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant, including of course India's vibrant manufacturing sector. So write to us at feedback at the and thank you once again for listening.